Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week, I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello, and welcome to Episode 17 of Season 2 of the Toward Light Podcast. Today, I want to look at a question that comes up frequently. I have people ask me this. I've heard people ask it on retreat. I've asked it myself. And this question is, when you're practicing meditation and a difficult thought or emotion comes up, when is it wise to stay with that and when is it skillful to move away from it? So some examples might be grief around a loved one who has died, memories of a past partner, a memory of an incident that arouses feelings of anger, a memory of a traumatic event, unexplained sadness, etc., etc., I'm calling the pattern of thinking or the emotion or the combination of the two a mind state. While the specific situations that come up for each of us may be different, there are some universal ways that we can determine if staying with or distancing from a difficult or unpleasant mind state when it arises is the best course of action. And this is a very personal exploration. I do not have a direct answer for this question, but I do have some things that have worked for me. And while I'm talking about this in our practice, a lot of these suggestions can be extrapolated to our daily lives as well. First, we need to differentiate between unwholesome and unpleasant mind states. Remember, unwholesome mind states are any mind states that are rooted in greed, hatred, and delusion. I've talked about working with unwholesome mind states a few times, and in Season 1, Episode 6, I share my favorite sutta on this topic. But unwholesome mind states can be different than unpleasant mind states. At times, a mind state arises that we have an unpleasant reaction to, but the mind state itself is not unwholesome. Our aversive reaction to the unpleasant mind state is unwholesome, but if we can see through that, then we can deal with the root unpleasant mind state. An example, I'm meditating, a feeling of sadness arises in my body and mind. It's unpleasant, so I try and push it away by thinking about something pleasant. That aversion is the unwholesome mind state. But I recognize what I'm doing and let go of the aversion and come back to what's really arising, this sadness, which I experience as unpleasant. This teasing out between unpleasant and unwholesome mind states can happen quite quickly the more we practice it. It's an important step because often we conflate the two. So of course it feels difficult to stay with a mind state that we're also trying to push away. So we need to see if an unwholesome mind state is arising before we commit to working with the unpleasant mind state. We need to see that unpleasant is not always unwholesome. Another example, during meditation, a memory of an ex comes up and there's regret arising because I miss that person, but also a repetition of the memory and unwillingness to let it go because there's some greed present. There's a desire to remember the good times. So the unpleasant mind state is the memory and the regret and the unwholesome mind state is the greed that keeps feeding the memory, keeping the thought pattern alive. But again, if I can see through that greed, I can then work with the unpleasant mind state of the regret and the memory. 
One more example, because this is so important to get a hold of, and it might be useful for you to write out some examples in your own life to start to understand the difference between unpleasant and unwholesome. Okay, so here's an example. I'm meditating and a door slams. It's a shock to my system. I feel anxiety, which manifests as quivering in my body, racing heartbeat, racing thoughts, speeding up of my breath. And then I start to settle. But then I worry it's going to happen again and my system revs up again. So the unpleasant mind state is my initial reaction to the door slam. And the unwholesome mind state is the revisiting the unpleasant mind state again and again, which is a form of delusion because the mind is creating a future scenario that may or may not occur. In all of these examples, these things are happening almost simultaneously, so it can be difficult to piece it out. We have to have some patience when working with this idea of separating unpleasant and unwholesome. I need to pause in breaking this down for a second because it's important to know where this question is coming from. So often when we're asking, should I stay with this unpleasant mind state? What we're really saying is, I don't think I can do this, or self-doubt is arising. We think we lack the capacity to be with these difficult things. Doubt, fear, delusion arise, and rather than just being with the unpleasantness, we are with our idea of how unpleasant we think it could be. We do not trust ourselves. Or as my teacher Matthew Brensilver puts it, We consistently underestimate how resilient we are. This is one reason we do this first step of teasing out unwholesome from unpleasant so we can notice if any self-doubt, which can be delusion or aversion, is arising. So this is the first step, getting to the root of what is actually the unpleasant mind state. Then the question arises, stay with it or leave it? In that moment, there can be a lot of wisdom in the body. If you notice a lot of tightness, that may be a sign that there is some aversion or greed present, and that needs to be addressed first. Or there may be some softness and receptivity in the body. That's a good sign that you may be open to staying with this unpleasant mind state. You may have a specific part of your body you check in with. For me currently, my jaw is often unreliable to check in with because it's almost always clenched, sometimes for emotional reasons and sometimes physical because of some sinus issues. So I need to check in with my lower belly and see if it's soft or clenched. If my breath is expanding my lower belly, I'm probably open to being with this unpleasant mind state. But if not, it may be a sign that I'm not able to be with it at this time and instead should work to lessen or replace that mind state. If the body is tense, there may still be a possibility to stay with this underlying unpleasant mind state. The important thing to notice is if there's the ability to soften at all. Sometimes when I notice tension in my lower belly, but then take a few breaths, the tension loosens and the opportunity for receptivity and openness arises. That can be a sign that the tension was just another layer of aversion or avoidance. A note here. If the unpleasant mind state has fired up your amygdala, if it's a trauma trigger of some sort and you're in some form of fight, flight, or freeze, you may have a hard time checking in with your body at all because you're dissociated. You may recognize this is happening because you can have a hard time feeling your feet on the floor or you can see that your hands are touching one another but they seem far away from your body or you feel like you're 
somehow above or next to your body? Then the answer is no, this is not the time to stay with the unpleasant mind state. Instead, the practice becomes the emphasis on grounding, feeling your feet on the floor, your body touching the cushion or chair, feeling gravity pull you to the earth, feeling the hard bones of your body, checking in with the five senses to orient yourself to the present moment. Whatever you need to do to feel connected and present is what should be done if you find yourself dissociated from your body. If you know the unpleasant experience that's arising and you aren't getting lost in self-doubt and you're in your body and the body is open to being with it, then the practice is to stay with what's arising, which is this unpleasant mind state, bringing mindful awareness to whatever the mind state may be. Going back to my examples, I may be thinking about and feeling sadness or regret or anxiety And so how do I stay mindful of that with not getting caught up in thinking about it? I love this description that Bhante Gunaratana says. He says, there is a difference between being aware of a thought and thinking a thought. The difference is very subtle. It's primarily a matter of feeling or texture. A thought you are simply aware of with bare attention feels light in texture. There's a sense of distance between the thought and the awareness viewing it. For me, I like to use imagery. Sometimes I imagine my mind states as clouds passing by or train cars, or I imagine myself watching them on a screen or from a distance, or I'm in a director's chair on a movie set taking it all in. Whatever works for you is great to get this feeling of bare attention or bare awareness. I'm just sharing a few things that work for me. And the important thing to notice when we're tracking mind states or anything else with mindfulness is that whatever we're observing takes birth, has an existence, and then passes away. So we get curious about how long this unpleasant mind state actually lasts. And we see if we're witnessing all the phases or if we're on to the next thing that pulls our attention. An example, I'm experiencing sadness. I've seen through the aversion to that sadness. My body is soft and open and I'm witnessing the sadness, the emotion, the thoughts and the body sensations like I'm lying on the ground watching clouds as they float by. Then my attention is pulled to a sound arising and when I come back to the mind, the sadness is no longer present, but I did not witness it pass away. So that's a pretty normal thing. Some of us have a tendency to emphasize the arising of things, some the passing away. It's not a problem as long as you're witnessing what's happening in your experience and and tracking your patterns. So I'll review what I've just talked about. To answer the question, should I stay with something difficult when it arises during my practice, you can check in and ask yourself, what unwholesome mind states are arising and can I see through them? If the answer is yes, the next question is, what's going on in my body in this moment? Is it open or closed? And if the answer is open and receptive, then the answer is yes. Bringing this quality of bare attention to witnessing this unpleasant experience is your practice in the moment. I hope this reflection is helpful. If you have practice or Buddhist questions you want answered, feel free to drop me a line on my email, info at towardlight.net, and I may bring them up in a future episode. Thank you so much for your practice. Thank you for listening. 
please check out any links in the show notes. You can find me on my website, towardlight.net, or on Instagram at towardlight108.